NFL. You are tuned into episode 108. We've made it through week one of NFL action, and it was an exciting one. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of things to cover. We're going to walk through our winners and losers for week one. We each have one winner and one loser that we want to talk about, and then we're going to highlight week two. There's some interesting matchups coming up. We've picked out some games of the week that we think you should keep an eye on, and we'll walk through those with you, and uh, we are super excited to do so. But before we do, I want to introduce my co-hosts. As per usual, I have Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan here with me. How are you both doing? Well, you said week one already happened, but that's news to me because the Packers <laughs> didn't even show up to it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for the NFL season to start this next week uh, on, on uh, Monday night, I think is really when it actually starts. But um, other than that, I'm doing great. The stages of grief is like there's denial in there somewhere, right? That's where you're at right now. Like it didn't even happen. I'm denying it. I, I think I've, I've felt all the things. There's some uh, acceptance, some anger, uh, some lashing out. And uh, now I'm just making the circle all over again. Hey, Aaron Rodgers said it, man. It's one week, 16 more to go, you know? Bounce back. That's, it's, a, it's a possibility. You could. It can't get worse for you. That's good news. Oh, we, we could lose to the Lions. That would be pretty bad. Yeah, like the <laughs> Niners almost did. Almost. Yeah, the Niners tried. Yeah. They did their best. Well, I think the defense coordinator for the Niners had money on... Uh, Detroit Lions plus eight, so he had to make sure that got uh, taken care of. Once it did, snap back. Nice. Well, outside of all that, and, and the Niners almost completely choking away what should have been an easy win. Uh, Durgan, how are you? I'm doing great. One zero. Niners hurt again, so nothing's really changed in my life. But um, we'll talk about them more a little bit later. But hey, I can't complain. A yeah. win's a win. A win is a win is a win, and uh, even if it wasn't pretty, you're one and zero. So. Unlike me and my fantasy teams, <laughs> I'm 0-1 in both leagues. One of them I lost to Durgan, so congrats to you, Yay. sir. You won. Uh, you almost didn't. <laughs> almost. Josh Jacobs almost screwed you out of it, but you, you won. Um, let's talk about one piece of NFL news, and then we'll kind of dive into our winners and losers from week one. Fitzmagic. Unfortunate news out of uh, Washington. He is out indefinitely. What do we think of this? What do the... Uh, I was going to say... They are the Redskins, oh, but well, the, what does the Washington football team wow. do in this situation? Can't believe you just voiced that. that yeah. but I know. You're, you're getting canceled. I know. Cancel Cyrus 2021. Okay, calm, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> well, my thoughts about it. First off, we don't really know how long he's out for. Like, They won't give us a clear answer. They keep saying six to eight weeks, but then saying the same injury that Tua had in college, and that was like a five, six-month injury. So we don't know the exact time frame. Um, but we'll go with the two, two or three months that they said. If I'm Washington, which I'm not, I'm calling up Cam Newton, who a guy I have roasted for a better part of three years. Um, I don't think he's good, but I don't think Taylor Heineke is your guy. He's a great story. Played great last year that one game. Played pretty well this week. But this is this is not fantasy land anymore. This is reality. The reality is, is at this point last year he was taking online classes at Old Dominion, and was an XFL quarterback who couldn't get a tryout with the NFL. And now you expect him to lead you into the playoffs? I don't see that happening. And while Cam is at this point a shell of his former self, he can at least run an offense. And Ron Rivera coached him in Carolina. Scott Turner was his quarterback coach for two years who's office coordinator now, and, you know, he might be your best option to win games until Fitzmagic gets back. And if he plays well, you start him over Fitzpatrick. I mean, you have no long-term allegiance 
to him, and he's been a journeyman his whole life as well. So it's not like you're doing a huge risk here. Um, this week they play Thursday, so it doesn't matter if they signed him now. He wouldn't be able to play. He's not vaccinated anyway, so he can't play for, I think, like a week to 10 days. But he knows the offense already, so he can get you ready for ready to play by week three. And you go from him from there. I think you can beat the Giants, which the way they looked, my pick for them winning the division looks pretty crappy right now because they looked absolutely terrible this past week. So I think you can win with Heineke, but you're not going to make a playoff run with him. Well, first off, you know, regarding your pick of the Giants, if you want to amend that and pick the Eagles, I'm more than happy to have you <laughs> on the bandwagon, no, my friend. I stick with my guns. Um, I gotta stick with my, all right. I gotta hey. stick with my guns. Stick with your water guns. Go for it, uh, Casey. <laughs> what about you? What do you think about this? Uh, well, Durgan says he's not in fantasy land, but I think he is in fantasy land if he thinks Cam Newton's going to come in in a week and make a huge difference for this Washington football team offense. Um, you'd have to totally revamp everything. Cam Newton is not the same guy he was three years ago when Ron Rivera was coaching him and uh, eventually moving on from him and falling in love with Kyle Allen and, and any other quarterback that could have any semblance of an arm, which Cam Newton just doesn't have right now. Um, so I think it's... Uh, not the move to go sign Cam. I don't know what the long-term prognostic is on Fitzpatrick, but uh, you said you said it yourself. Heineke played well in the in the opportunities he's had. Uh, he won the backup job for a reason, and uh, the reality is that he's on an NFL roster right now, and Cam Newton is not. So uh, I would ride with Heineke and, and see how he does. He could be your future. Uh, he could not be. And if he sucks, great. You have another high draft pick. You can go get your quarterback of the future in this next draft. I agree with that last part in terms of, like, if we were playing Madden, yes. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's no, like, you know, job security at that point. But if you're Washington, I think you have realistic playoff hopes. So I don't think sure. he'd be like, okay, like, oh, if he sucks, he sucks. Like, too bad. Also, we've never seen Heineke play when a team has actually prepared for him every start every appearance he's had has been a last minute or off the bench type thing yeah and we have seen cam newton play against a team that has actually prepared for him and it looks pretty bad so it, uh, Agreed. up and down i'm 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 on i see both sides of this here because uh, on one side you know the upside of having cam newton is better than not having him at this point. And then on the other side of that, Cam Newton is, is just a name at this point. Like he's, he's not, when you say Cam Newton, you have certain expectations yeah. that go along with that. And he doesn't meet those in my opinion. So, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm dialing Alex Smith and I'm like, Hey man, you want to come back one more year? Like give it, give it a try. I know you're 37. I know you almost died playing this sport, but you know, like we need you, you know, what, what is that a possibility? What do you think here? Alex Smith coming back? I love Alex Smith. Uh but no. I would rather call Tim Tebow than... Uh, uh, no, not, 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 not that far. Not that far. <laughs> Bro. I, I'm, I'm, scared for, I'm just scared for Alex Smith at this point. Like, he survived. He got a story. You know, he got to end on the terms-ish that he wanted to. Like, let, let, let's just keep him safe and not injured anymore. That's Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's other, like, names. I think Blake Bortles. He's a free agent right now. I think he's he a free agent. Give me Heineke. You take Heineke yeah. over Bortles. Yeah. One person uh, I'm taking over him. I think at this point, with this, no, knowing the offense, Bortles all that. can throw better than Cam Newton can yeah, right but, now, though. Uh, I don't know, man. Bortles, Bortles is pretty bad. 
Well, he's pretty bad. Listen, you're comparing like a like a turd and a polished turd, so it's like they're <laughs> still yeah. a turd. They're both turds. We'll polish that thing up. One of these turds can yeah. run though and run people over still. That's Cam Newton. I, I don't. <laughs> Speaking of RG three, he's a, he's he's not playing. No, he's getting paid a lot of money he's, though by ESPN. So I think you would take a, a pay cut to play football. So I don't think he'll do that. Yeah. All right. Well, moral of the story: Washington. You're probably stuck with Heineke for the time being. I think he's he's fun to watch. It's sort of a nice underdog story, but good luck, good luck, uh, good luck uh, competing with my 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 team in the NFC East, there, buds. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you can. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about winners and losers for the past week and dive into who we think uh, who we think had really good weeks and who we think kind of underperformed and, and disappointed. So let's start with winners. Durgan, we'll we'll pass it to you. Um, give us your thoughts on on uh, winner of the week. Oh, I, I take so much joy saying this one. It's the Arizona Cardinals. I called this last week. You guys doubted me. Is that sarcasm? I called this last week. You guys doubted me, saying they had no weapons outside of Hopkins. Christian Kirk put a team on his back, though. Two touchdowns. Rondale Moore looking good. Had over 60 yards receiving. This offense looks fast. And Kyler Murray... I mean, it's week one, so everything you have to do is take with a grain of salt, even if it's good or bad. But Kyler Murray looks like an MVP candidate. And the Titans don't have a good defense, but, man, he looks like he is ready to explode and take that next step. Uh, Their defense looks a lot better as well. Isaiah Simmons, who looked bad for the majority of last season, he seems more comfortable now. He was making plays. He had an interception, and they just beat the crap. Uh, the Titans on the road, which is a tough thing to do. Uh, totally stopped Derrick Henry for the most part. Uh, the offense with Tannehill didn't look as smooth as it did with Arthur Smith. Is that a thing, a one-week thing, or is that a multiple-week thing? Don't know, but now I'm be paying extra close attention to that. But the Cardinals look like a team that could actually make a push for the Super Bowl. Comes down to Cliff Kingsbury. When yeah. is he going to take him out of the race? I, I say by week 10, he's going to coach himself um, out of the playoff berth, but We'll see what happens. For this point now, though, Cardinals, very good team. Might be one of the best teams in NFC. I'm going to say it now. Top three. That's bold. I thought we couldn't take any any dramatic takeaways from week one, good or bad. But... Yeah, that's, that's, built, man. that's a hot take. You can't a hot take. put too much weight on week one, but they're the best team in the NFC right now. Hey, one, okay, of, cool. one of. One of. One of. In my defense... For, for questioning your Cardinals pick, I did say it would take a Herculean effort from our boy Kyler Murray, <laughs> and he That's balled fair. out. So he had some pretty crazy throws. He played really well, and it definitely helped their cause that Taylor Lewan basically rolled out the red carpet for Chandler Jones every single snap and said, come sack our quarterback. Well, yeah, he had so, four sacks, right? He had five sacks. Jesus. Yep. I mean, if he yeah. – and J.J. So, Watt looked good too. If those two can stay healthy – Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, it's a great combo, and we, you know we've anticipated that, and but nobody anticipated five sacks in one game. So I don't know. If I'm Taylor Lewan, I'm having an existential crisis <laughs> at uh, a tackle, trying to figure out what to do. But I don't disagree with you, Durgan. I think the Cardinals deserve to be a winner here. Um, I think the division that they play in will prove to be their downfall, if anything, uh, come you know playoff seeding time. But uh, you know. Good, good pick here. Casey, what do you think? Yeah, it's an okay pick. I'm not going to crown anybody after week one. <laughs> Nobody's crowning. Um, I'm not crowning any. I'm, I'm with you on that side, Casey. It's way too premature to say best team, one of the best teams in the NFC, but they played well. They, they played, they deserve to be a winner this week. 
I really think the defense is the biggest takeaway there, like like we just mentioned with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, and, and the, the pressure they were able to generate there just makes everything else easier on the back end, especially, yeah. right? They're, they're a little bit weak at the corner spot, so if you can consistently get pressure, uh, you can alleviate that that issue right away. You know, the great pass defense is a, a great pass rush, and, and that's what they had against the Titans. So if they can sustain that, uh, they can cover those holes in the, in the secondary and, and keep themselves in games, even if Cliff Kingsbury does try to coach himself out of out of some wins there. Yep, couldn't agree more. Why don't we go to your winner, Casey? Who do you have? Yeah, well, talking about coaching yourself out of wins, that guy is no longer in L.A. Anthony Lynn, gone. Brandon Staley, in. And look at what he's doing. He's winning the close games. The Chargers haven't done that since... Uh, ever? I, well, shit, ever. Yeah, even with <laughs> yeah. Philip Rivers and Schottenheimer that, that, and all those guys year, back in the day when LT... Yeah, that one year, they went 14-2. That, that was their year, and he choked that game that year away, too. So, yes. Yeah. Well... New new year, new Chargers. They they won a close game, and that in itself makes them winners. Herbert didn't look quite as steady as he did last year. He made a couple of uh, uh, mistakes, interesting fumble out of the end zone, but also threw an interception and, and, and had some troubles like, against a very good Washington defense. But props to the Chargers' offensive line. Those free agency pickups and, and draft picks uh, really came in clutch there. Uh, they performed really well and, and held the, the front for the Washington football team to – uh, minimal impact overall. Yeah, they looked pretty good. Um, of course, where I mentioned Washington, Fitzmagic gets hurt. Uh, so I might have thrown some things off, but their offense did look better with Heineke in the second half. Look more free and more, we have nothing to lose, so let's go out there and play. The Chargers, I had them going to playoffs in the preseason. It looks good now because Herbert, he's going to do Herbert things. So he said two turnovers, not great, but their defense, I thought, looked pretty good. And it's healthy compared to past years with Derwin James. Uh, Bose is out there balling out as usual. Uh, but yeah, you nailed it with the offensive line. If their offensive line can play this well every single week against a very good defense, they're going to be a problem come December and January. They didn't even run the ball that much with Eckler and uh, Jackson. They did a little bit, but it's kind of more, it looks a little bit like the Bills offense, where they're going to get the ball into their young stud's hand and let him make plays. Yeah, he made some mistakes, but more often than not, I think that's going to work out for them in the long term. Um, their division's tough. Every team won. Of course, with that, also the NFC West, the first time I think ever that the Western uh, teams all won week one. So we might have some uh, competition there, but they're, I think, set up pretty nicely. They have a big game this week, which we'll talk about later on. But the Chargers, they, they might be onto something. Brandon Staley's going to be a good coach, I think, for them. Yeah, I agree. I think the Chargers look good. I think Herbert looked looked pretty good as well. This uh, there's not a ton to add, but that one play where he, that was ruled a fumble out of the end zone was probably the strangest yes, play of the week to me. Weird. It was so weird. Like when I saw it live, I was like, "Oh, okay, it's just incomplete pass." Like whatever. And then uh, next thing you know, it's like a fumble. I, I was it was weird. I, I don't know about that call, but um, I would have liked to see the Chargers win a little bit more convincingly, considering the uh, situation at quarterback with Washington. But you have to remember this Washington defense, just because Washington as a whole may not be a powerhouse, so this defense is one of the best uh, in the league, especially that, that front four, which, uh, like you mentioned, that offensive line, if they can stop this defensive line, there really isn't a defensive line that they can't stop. Um, so we'll see We'll see how this uh, how this bodes. Hopefully uh, Herbert can keep it up and, and keep the form he had last season. But uh, good things brewing in L.A. for the Chargers, for sure. 
that uh, new stadium looks dope too. Not that they yeah. played in it, but when we when we saw it with the the Rams, really nice, uh, really nice. So let's uh, let's go to my winner. Speaking of the Rams, I'm gonna pick the Rams and Stafford and that marriage. I think it proved to be a worthwhile trade, and there's really not a ton to say here other than that it you know it looks like a great fit in LA and it was incredible to see what he could do in McVay's offense. I know you're not the biggest McVay fan Durgan, but I think he played to Stafford's strengths very well. And there was some questions whether Stafford would fit in sort of that bootleg scheme. And he did. And he, he looked really good. His throws were extremely accurate, especially his deep balls. He had, a, there were some miscommunications on defense that allowed for some, but dude, like he hit every single throw that he needed to hit. And it was impressive. And I think this is going to be, a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. Is that too hot of a take for you, Casey? I don't know. I think uh, I think no, because they be already the came teams. in established. Yeah, as I such. know. I'm I'm messing with you. I'm, I'm joking around a little bit, but I'm just you know I'm looking at this Rams team and what they can do on both sides of the ball. It's a little scary, man. It's a little scary, and and again, it's it's a situation where they're in the best division in football. There's no doubt in my mind that the NFC West is the best division. I think they're the best team in that division right now. Yeah, I don't think that's too crazy of a take. And I do agree with the fact that, yeah, Stafford looked good. But look at the guys they need to step up. The you know, secondary players, not actual secondary, but the guys you don't think about. Daryl Henderson had a good game. Van Jefferson, who's their yeah. third or fourth receiver, 80 yards, had a big touchdown. Uh, even Deshaun Jackson's out there making plays for however long he'll be healthy for. And look at the defense. I mean, they, they <laughs> lose uh, John Johnson, their safety, who I was a big fan of. Taylor Rapp comes in, has 10 tackles. Justin Holland, who a guy I've never heard of, has two sacks. So if they get can get production from these kind of guys week in, week out, they'll be extra dangerous because they've been on a team that's been so reliant on their three or four stars over the past few years, and it's worked for them. I mean, they've won a lot of games, but if they want to take that step and win a Super Bowl, they'll need a more round-out uh, productions like we saw from the Bucks Last year, they had their yeah. guys. Their guys, you don't think of, Ross Hopper had... They make big plays in the playoffs. So if they can continue this, um, they'll be a very tough beat. I mean, the NFC West is going to be just a dogfight week in and week out, which absolutely sucks. You know, it's at the point where, maybe it's at the point, it's always been the point where you can't lose bad games. You can't lose teams, teams you can't lose games to teams you shouldn't lose to. We'll talk about that later with the Niners and against the Eagles, but like, that's a must win game just because you have to save your losses for the teams in your division. Could be a headache, but you know, for now, boy wonder Sean McVay, you're looking good. Yeah, the Rams look good. I don't really have anything to add, but uh, they they are who we thought they were, and uh, as long as they can continue to produce at the, at this level and and uh, if they can maintain that balance between offense and defense, um, you know, that's just going to make them that much more difficult to stop. Yeah. So, sky's the limit if everything's clicking for them. Yep. Absolutely. Let's talk about some teams where the sky is probably unreachable Ooh, and uh, not the limit at all because they won't be uh, they won't be uh, anywhere near it. Let's talk about our losers of the week. Durgan, we'll throw it over to you. Uh, kick it off with the first loser of the week. This guy be the Jags, and um, not so much them losing because no one expected them to be all that good. Is getting beat bad by possibly the least talented team in the NFL, the Texans, a team that's literally. St- sitting their franchise player is inexcusable uh urban meyer you're not in college anymore buddy and there's already rumors that he wants out and that he's not liking the nfl coaching style 
because you can't boss people around. You, you can boss around college kids, but when you're dealing with men, it's not going to fly. Um, they're going to struggle. They're going to be a, you know, a bottom five team. And Justin, or not Justin, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, he has interceptions, but he has some nice throws as well. But they kind of took the ball out of James Robinson's hand, which I didn't understand. He played very well last year. You got to have more balanced attack on that side. Um, he got some receivers as well. He gets a nice play action, go deep. They just didn't have an identity. And there's already rumors as well. I mentioned that he was thinking about going back to college. USC job opened up. And that's apparently one of the few jobs that he was going to take uh, last year became available in the college level. So we'll see what happens there. I called on my hot take predictions that he would not be here next year for the Jags. And I think that's not even a hot take anymore. I think it's very likely that he's be a one-and-done head coach and uh, move back to college after the season. Well, we learned that uh, a first-round quarterback does not a team make. So, uh, you know, the Jaguars are pretty talent-efficient, but don't sleep on on the Texans. I'm not saying the Texans are going to be fantastic, but they have a lot of free agent veteran-type dudes that just... They're not going to out-athlete you, but they're going to be in the right spots. They're going to do the right things. Uh, they're going to have the the nice, consistent play for the most part. Uh, they're never going to take over a game, but they have a roster that's relatively uh, older and, and uh, veteran presences that, that can sort of control what's going on on the field and, and not have any huge back-breaking mistakes. So uh, they can compete with the lower levels of the NFL, and, and we saw them blow out uh, another low-level team in the NFL. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them string together, you know, three, four, five wins this season and, and sort of uh, not make some noise, but um, based on what expectations for them were going into the season, uh, I think five wins would be making a lot of noise yeah. for, for the Texans. If they have five wins, head coach David Coley should get coach your nom- uh, consideration because with the talent they have, <laughs> oh, God. that is something else. Yeah, uh, listen, the Texans are still bad, though, and the fact that the Jaguars got kind of embarrassed by them is, is not a good sign. Um, you covered it pretty pretty well, Durgan. I, I will say, I mean, we've talked about this. I, I didn't really believe in Urban Meyer, and I also thought uh, Trevor Lawrence was sort of in for a rude awakening a little bit in, uh, in some NFL action, his first ever loss, but um it you know is it's a he's a rookie there's plenty of time i don't want to overreact i don't think you know again you came in with the hot the hottest of takes during like urban meyer is going to be gone after this season for <laughs> sure i don't know about all that we'll see you know uh we'll see how the, this progresses but um you don't want to overreact with with uh, one game and, and your rookie quarterback so we'll see we'll see what happens in jacksonville Casey, let's go to your loser. I'm hoping I know who it is, and I'm excited to hear you talk about it. I don't actually have that much to say because I'm, I'm just oh, kind of okay. over it at, at this point. See, you can see the the stages of grief through this yeah. episode. Now it's ambivalence and lack of caring. Uh, but my, my loser of the week are the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you make a big fuss during the offseason if you're Aaron Rodgers about not being happy and wanting your say and uh, all this last dance stuff and trolling people on social media and saying you want Clay Matthews and all this stuff. Uh, and then you go out there, no preseason work, you arrive late to training camp, you have this ugly long hair, and you just lay a stinker. <laughs> you know? Uh, that That's only going to bring more negative attention to the team, to you. You asked for this attention. You brought this on yourself. And then you go lay a complete dud. And the guy that you really lobbied for and Randall Cobb to come over and, and play with you 
Uh, doesn't even really get any snaps right. when you're in. And you Jordan play? Love actually throws him the ball when Jordan Love is in in the fourth quarter, and that's the first time Randall Cobb was targeted. So, uh, you know, right now, GM Brian Gutenkunst, one. Aaron Rodgers, zero. Uh, hopefully they fix it. The defense looked bad. Joe Barry's defense did not look good. Uh, the offense had two drives in the first quarter before that last two-minute drive. Uh, it just looked like... A mess. It looked like 2018 Aaron Rodgers and not 2020 Aaron Rodgers. It looked like Rodgers when he was with McCarthy, like trying to sabotage shit and <laughs> take deep shots all the time for no goddamn reason. It just seemed like the Packers didn't care. They seemed like so disinterested the entire game. And last year we saw them, you know, get beat pretty bad by the Bucks. But at least in that game, it kind of started close and then got away with them. As, get away from them as the game went on. Yeah. You know, a pick here, bad play there. But both sides of the ball, they seemed totally out of sync. And the, the Saints were the opposite. The Saints were fired up. They were excited. I mean, yeah. even the, the, credit to them because they weren't playing at home and they had a lot going on uh, with the hurricane. But they came out ready to play. Jameis Winston looks, you know, not terrible all of a sudden, which is the most shocking thing of the weekend. But I'm not worried about the long term. I am about long-term Packers because Aaron Rodgers is going to leave them. But for this season, I don't think they're going to play this bad ever again. They'll have a nice game this upcoming Monday against the Lions, who, you know, they don't quit either, but I think they'll get back to business. They'll realize, okay, we actually have to figure something out here if we want to win. You know, if you lose this game to the Lions, 0-2, but it's a bad 0-2. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, it comes to this week, they look pretty freaking bad for a team that went to the NFC Championship just a year ago. But the offensive line has a lot of moving pieces as well. Um, you might want to spend that more, but they didn't have enough time for Rodgers to throw. They'll get healthier as the season goes on. Yeah, I'm not worried about the, the long-term of the Packers either, really. Um, a little bit worried about the short-term. You know, I think they may have a little bit of a stretch here where it's a preseason in the regular season, which is a little bit of an issue. But um, also hate Aaron Rodgers' hair. Very, <laughs> very concerned about that, personally. But in general, you know... Good teams don't have performances this bad back-to-back. And um, the silver lining in all this is that every team in the NFC North lost. So it's sort of a blank slate. I know it's not ideal for uh, tiebreakers in, in the NFC and, and all that, but um, it is what it is. You know, they'll, they'll bounce back. There's 16 more games to play. I still think the Packers are in the best position to win this division, even though they shit the bed here in week one. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think uh, also the other thing I want to point out, Really interesting stat line from Jameis Winston. He had under 150 passing yards, but five <laughs> touchdowns, which is so strange. And I think it also speaks uh, volumes about the Packers sort of putting them in really, really good situations mm-hmm. and kind of how much that played into the, the Saints winning the game as well. So anyways, the Packers will bounce back. Does it suck? 100%. Is there a cause for concern? 50% maybe <laughs> there's still, you know we'll see we'll see what happens but um i'll dive into my loser of the week here i have and it kind of pains me to say this because i'm on the hype train here but the browns i'm gonna pick them as a loser they have been the worst week one team in the nfl since 2005 they're 0 16 and 1 they have 16 losses and one tie in nfl openers since 2005 and they had this one in the bag against like potentially one of the best teams in the NFL. They had a 29 to 20 lead and they basically just collapsed in the last 10 minutes of the game. The defense gave up a 75 yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. There was a bobbled punt, which basically put the chiefs in a position for a pretty much a, a, a gimme uh, touchdown. And then you combine that with the offense in general, just 
being anemic at the end of the game. 37 total yards in the in the last 10 minutes of the game. They choked this one away. There's no way around it. Like they were pretty dominant throughout, and then they they just handed it to the Chiefs and uh, said, "Here you go, here you go, uh, Mahomes. Go ahead, beat us." So KC's a good team. Kansas City's a good team. You know they were, they they earned the win as well but uh the the browns played a big part in in this uh in in losing this game so i'm gonna have to pick them as a loser even though i think they played well and i'm excited for the future of this team and they were a victim of the chief special which is let's sleepwalk for three quarters and then turn it on hyperdrive in the fourth so i am you know not good for the browns but i'm not worried about them like you said long term because the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and the Chiefs don't lose many games at home. Um, what I am worried about is that they had a chance to win the game with Baker Mayfield, and once again, he didn't come through in the clutch. He's a good quarterback. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but he I don't think he's ever going to reach that elite level. And if they want to make a run, I think he has to play better. He can do it in the playoffs. He can turn it on, but you can't just rely on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to generate your offense. And I think they have some offensive line injuries as well, which is concerning. Uh, their defense looked pretty good. You know, gave up less than 30 points to the Chiefs, and a few of those touchdowns are kind of fluky. But for a majority of the game, they played very well. So long-term, not worried. Um, but we need to see Blake or Mayfield continue to get better. He can't stay the same as he is now or else still be the same as last year. I don't know if this is going to make sense. But as long as Baker Mayfield doesn't have to be the guy, he can be the guy. It makes total sense. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You I was going to tell Durgan, I like what he did outside of that last uh, interception at the end of the game. I think he played well. So, he didn't make mistakes. He had a high completion percentage, over 300 yards. I'll take it, man. Just because your so, running backs get the touchdowns, whatever. You're winning games. So you're you're okay with him not being elite? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, well, I I'm just saying the rest of this team's good enough that, I mean, Durgan, that's been the formula for like the Niners for a while now. Yeah, but what did it get them? You guys have been to the Super Bowl multiple times, but and then did, your coaches, you know, choked. Did they win, though? But that's a, that's a different they story. They didn't win. They didn't win, though. That's a thing. They didn't win. But them winning was not a pro- them not winning is not a product of the quarterback specifically. It absolutely was. There was a lot of other factors. Mm. That they had a chance. Debatable. A good quarterback makes that last throw that Jimmy did to Emmanuel Sanders. If they had a good quarterback, makes it. They win. We're popping bottles. I'm, I'm st- I would still be drinking and for celebration, but you know, instead I cry myself to sleep at night. <laughs> well, it's Debatable. okay. Trey Lance will come to right. save That's you. That's right. That's right. Anyway, we interrupted Casey's thoughts. He's the oh, guy, gosh. but he's not the guy, but he's also the guy. Go ahead, Casey. Something, something like that. Yeah, the guy that. That's all I got. The guy. <laughs> if he doesn't have to be the guy, <laughs> yes, he can, yes, yeah. He, he's a perfectly guy. adequate quarterback that can yeah. move the chains, get your keep your offense on schedule. Uh, ride the play action, get him outside the pocket. Kevin Stefanski, I think, is doing a good job with him. Uh, the, the Chiefs just have some fucking special teams juju magic that when they're down mm. big late in the game Always or uh, need the time turned, like some unforced error happens on the special teams for the other team, and all of a sudden that swings momentum and they get back in. So it uh, just goes to show against elite teams, you got to play almost perfect, and you can't have those kind of things happen. And unfortunately for the Browns, uh, they did. And thus they lost. Thus they did. Thus they <laughs> did. Let's uh, dive into week two of the NFL now. And a few games that we think are worth mentioning and worth highlighting that we think you guys should pay attention to. Um, and we'll start with 
a little hometown cooking here between Durgan and I. We got the 49ers versus the Eagles. Durgan, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I mean, this game is not a game of the week, but it's a podcast game, so we got to talk about it. Oh, it's a game of the week. It's a game of the week. <laughs> well, uh, shocker here. I'm picking the Niners to win 31-24, and I think it's going to be a kind of comfortable 7-point win if there, ever is, if there is such a thing. Um, last week was very uncomfortable, 8.1, but I think it's going to be a lot less stressful this week. Um, Niners offense looked great last week despite Mozart doing the usual Mozart thing, getting hurt. I feel bad for him, but this happens every single season, and I think they kind of prepared for it. Elijah Mitchell looks really good, and while Trey Sermon didn't play, I think he's going to take a bigger step forward in the upcoming weeks. Uh, actually, someone pointed this out. I think it was Grant Cohen, a Niner, a Niner writer. He said that years ago, uh, the Shanahan's drafted two running backs, Roy Hellu and Alfred Morris in later rounds. And the exact same thing happened, where the later round guy, Alfred Morris becomes a star, and the guy they dropped it earlier kind of became the backup. And I'm fine with that, as long as uh, he can rush for 100 yards every game, like Mitchell did. So I'm not too worried about that injury. Um, their defense, that 30 point, you know, they had 34 points I think they gave up, or 32. A little inflated because they went prevent too early, started taking guys out of the game. Uh, and they got kind of funky with the, you know, fumble and then onside kick. So while the defense, you know, I'm not ecstatic about it. I don't think they're as bad as they looked at the end of the game. Uh, Nick Bosa looks pretty damn good, and he's back. D Ford does as well. Uh, the injury, Jason Ferret, once again, it sucks, but you have to expect injury-prone guys get injured. Not a shocker. Uh, so they will have issues regardless of if he was playing or not this year. So they'll need that pass rush to really take a next step forward, which I think they're ready to. Uh, they got a great defensive line, so I'm not worried long-term. How the Eagles can win this game is not with Jalen Hurts' arms rather than his legs. Uh, Niners have struggled in the past years trying to stop mobile quarterbacks, and the Lions ran pretty much all over the Niners in the first three quarters, uh, especially up the gut. Uh, they're missing Javon Kinlaw, their defensive tackle, but still... I think if they run the ball a lot with Hurts and Miles Sanders, that's going to be their recipe. Keep the ball out of the Niners' offense hands. Uh, it's going to be, you know, a close game on paper, but I think the Niners can pull it out. Of course, I'm going to say that, though. <laughs> well, uh, my takeaway is start Devontae Smith on your fantasy teams because he was routing dudes up. Uh, and the, cor- uh, the 49ers have zero corners left uh, that are not in street clothes right now. Um, they may need to sign some guys and, and get things going, but Verrett's uh, down, so uh, start the start the Eagles receivers, and there's really only one to write home about, and that's Devontae Smith. So uh, lock them into your lineups. But outside of that, uh, really kind of everyone on both offenses contributed in their wins. The ball was spread around a good amount. Uh, people got touches. Miles Sanders looked pretty solid. Uh, Debo Samuel had 189 yards on nine receptions. Uh, doing some wild stuff. George Kittle was involved in like the high 80s, I think, in, in yardage. So uh, both looked like pretty balanced offenses. And if they can sustain that, then it, it should be a pretty fun matchup to watch. And that's going to lead me to thinking it's going to come down to defense. And, and right now, uh, the the 49ers just have better pass rush ability than the, the Eagles do. If you got me Graham versus Bosa, I'm taking Bosa. And that may be the difference. Um, so I'm going to have the 49ers win a close one, though, 31-28. to 28. All right. Well, the moment has come. <laughs> First off, I'd like to say it brings me tremendous joy watching Jalen Hurts play at a high level and Carson Wentz play at an average level. 
best part of Sunday. Really, really uh, enjoyable for me. Uh, listen, I understand the Falcons are generally hot garbage and uh, not not the best team in the NFL or by any means or anything. But you got to understand. I mean, there was some hype around this Arthur Smith offense and this team, and and our D shut them down after the first quarter, pretty much the entire game. And it may be somewhat of a biased overreaction, but this team looked pretty good at all levels. And the question marks were always Jalen Hurts and what can he do? And he played pretty damn well, both on the ground and through the air. He didn't make any mistakes. Um, you know, I, I'm seeing a good matchup here against the Niners. Honestly, I am. I, I like like looking at this team. I think the Eagles are in a good position to exploit the secondary, um, and I th- I think that could be the key to this game. On the flip side, I think George Kittle could be the key for the Niners this time. There's really not a single person on this uh, Eagles defense that can defend him. There's really not a single person like in the league yeah, that can fair. truly defend him. But um, especially on this on this Eagles defense. So I expect a big day out of him. But listen, I, I got to go with the Eagles, man. I'm riding this hype train. I'm excited. It's it's things are looking up, you know, Devontae Smith. It's it's just wild seeing a receiver get separation. I've, it's like a foreign concept to me mm-hmm. as an Eagles fan. So really exciting to see him open um, and, and just g- generally excited. I think uh, I think the Verrett injury will be a bigger factor than people realize. Um, and then I think the Eagles defense is better than people realize. You know, you mentioned Brandon Graham and Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa, you know, compared to Brandon Graham is better. But I think as a whole, I think I take the, the Eagles front four Stop. over the, uh, Stop. the front four. I was, I was okay with everything you said. And then you just, you had to ruin it, man. You had, you had to ruin it. I mean, Fletcher Cox. Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, D Ford. Javon Hargrave played out of his mind. Come on, man! You you were doing so good. We were having a non biased, you know, right right in the middle, it's and then that, it's the truth, man. Oh gosh, man! I can't believe you said that. Now Nick Bosa, hey, the Eagles didn't get run all over by fucking Jamal Williams. So that's true. That. We also didn't give up a, a, a lead. Well, almost. Yeah. So they know how to finish. I mean, in my opinion, the Lions and the Falcons might be on the same playing field, right? So. Like yeah, but of, the Lions might even be worse than the Falcons. Well, it was a, it was a blowout until the very end. <laughs> it was an absolute blowout, and then the very end happened, and it got kind of crazy. But the fact is, I can't believe you said the Niners had a worse defensive line. Gosh, it was going so well. Now, now Nick Bosa's going to have to punish you know. and give you like six sacks on Sunday. <laughs> it's going to be all Brandon your fault. Graham, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Derek Barnett on average. No, I think no. if you're more top heavy. That's no. just the that's true. The Niners to me have probably a second best defensive line in the league outside of the uh, Washington, I think. Uh, I don't know about all that. You have three you know, pro bowlers, a first-round pick, and even their backups I mean, it's just Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. I'm not sure who else you're looking into D here. Ford. D Ford's a backup. He start, well, he's a pass rush specialist. He looked great. Okay. Uh, he won them the game for them, pretty much. All right. Ebicom, uh, other guy. Under the radar, Ebicom's a good player. But not, but you, you you woke the beast, you woke the bear. That's his nickname. Nick, I don't think. Nick Bosa. I don't think you woke him up. I don't think there's under the radar players on the second best uh, defensive line in the league. Well, there, so if we're talking under the radar players, then then we're we're not the second uh, second best uh, defensive line here, are we? Well, yeah, yeah, that makes no sense. There's always been under the radar guys because you have the stars and then you have the guys who are below them. I don't know. I think uh, outside of Nick Bosa. Everything is a push. If not, oh, the Eagles gosh. have the advantage. So, oh man, you woke. My opinion: different defensive schemes, of course, but you know it is what it is. That's that's the the truth. We'll find well, out. We, we will find that's out. The that's the exciting that part true. of it. We will find yeah. out. We will find out. Yeah. 
all right. Well, enough enough of this hometown uh, bias here from both of us. Let's talk about another game. We got the Bills versus the Dolphins. This should be an exciting one too. Yeah, my Bills were almost my loser of the week because they blew a lead to the Steelers, who actually might not be as bad as we thought they were. They look pretty uh, sound. I want to say good looks sound. It looked like a very Steeler-like team, um, so not a shock there. But the Bills need this win more than the Dolphins do. And while the game is in Miami, they had a huge win on the road in Foxborough. Uh, that sets them up nicely. But if the Bills go 0-2 to start the year, you got to start to worry. And Josh Allen didn't look phenomenal. I mean, he, he had a good game, but he couldn't get the ball in the end zone. That will change. Uh, Devin Singletary look, didn't look bad either. So that was a nice little uh, bounce back for him. Uh, Dolphins, I like them, but I think they're kind of t- caught in a tough position against the uh, desperate Bills here. So I got them winning 38-24. Yeah, not super impressive days from either offense last last week. Uh, both lacked consistent offensive production um, in week one, and both against pretty solid defenses, but... Um, you would like to see a little bit more, especially from Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, I think, against the Steelers there. Um, just need to finish drives and, and, and make sure you're putting points on the board because the, the Buffalo defense played really well for a long time uh, and ultimately ended up giving up some scores late and, and, that, and, then, and then lost the game. But um, it, I think this is going to be a pretty close game sort of all the way through. They, they seem relatively evenly matched, uh, with the difference being the quarterback position. If Josh Allen can play like we know Josh Allen can, uh, then they should win. And if he cannot, it's going to be a, a back-and-forth battle. Um, I think Flores is going to throw a lot of blitz looks at Josh Allen. Last year, Josh Allen was able to beat them. Uh, we'll see if he can do the same thing this year. So... Uh, got the Bills winning a close one, twenty-seven to twenty-six. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. It was kind of a tough choice. I agree with you, Casey. This will be close, and could see either team coming out on top. The Bills didn't impress me at all. You know, Josh Allen threw fifty-one times, and I don't know if that's a long-term recipe for success and a sustainable way to, for them to win. They're they're a little bit one-dimensional, which we talked about uh, before the season started, right? They they just didn't run the ball tremendously well, and they don't really have that sort of. Uh, lead back or anybody to kind of rely on. I mean, Devin Singletary played played solid, but um, I, I'm I'm just not sure about the Bills at the moment. I never really have been. I, that's something I've voiced, and uh, we've we saw Josh Allen sort of regress to the mean here a little bit in Week One. So we'll see how long that lasts and and how he plays. I think Miami will surprise some people in the long term, though. Uh, they're getting Will Fuller back, which you know we we haven't seen him in a little bit, but. When he played, he is a definitive game changer, in my opinion. So I would uh, would keep an eye out for that. I think him, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Parker is going to be a pretty deadly trio of receivers for Tua. So now, Tua, it's your job to get the ball to him. So please do, because I have Will Fuller on my fantasy team. So, um, But otherwise, you know, I, I, I could see this going either way. I like this Dolphins team a lot, though. I think they're pretty good on both sides of the ball. And um, I like their coaching staff. So I'm going to go Dolphins 24-23 against the Bills. Next game, we got the Titans versus Seahawks. Yeah, so if the Titans can't stop the Cardinals passing offense, they're not going to be able to stop the Seahawks, which I reason why I have the Seahawks winning 28-24. Uh, the Seahawks defense isn't great. I think it's worse than the Cardinals one. So the Titans, they can't afford to fall behind like they did against the Titans. They have to be aggressive, really, and feed Henry often. Uh, if they fall behind by two scores again in the second quarter, I'm not sure you know it's gonna be the same result. You're not, you're not gonna be able to come back. It doesn't matter how good Tannehill is. You know that team has run through Derrick Henry. 
but Seahawks, you know, they'll have that fake crowd noise pumped in there and, you know, cheating as usual. So that's why they never lose home games. Close one, but the uh, bad guys up north win, unfortunately. Yeah, I have the the Seahawks winning as well, 31 to 27. Derrick Henry's got to get going. Only 58 yards on the ground last week. Uh, and AJ Green and and not AJ Green, AJ Brown, Brown and Julio Jones uh, couldn't do enough. They had some some nice spots, but uh, couldn't do enough to to get the Cardinals to loosen up their run defense and and let Derrick Henry get going. So uh, you got to do one or the other. Either you got to start winning the run game, or you got to make people pay for loading up against the run and hit Julio and and AJ. Um, so I think there, there may be some ironing out to do new offensive coordinator, lost a couple pieces, getting chemistry with Julio. And, uh, now you need a new tight end and Taylor Lewan looked terrible, but, uh, you got to get that figured out if you're, if you're going to have a successful season, because the defense is just not quite there yet. They're going to be average at best. And, uh, that's going to be a tough ask to, to ask, a your your defense to to call, come up big and, and make stops especially against seattle so uh i got the seahawks winning like i said 31 to 27 over the titans i'm gonna go titans with this one and lucky for the titans the seattle defense is also average at best so um i it's i'm true. expecting a little bit of a shootout here a little bit of a back and forth game so um we'll see what happens specifically but uh, I'm, I'm thinking this this loss uh sort of embarrassment for the titans week one will fire them up and We've talked about this, you know, pretty good teams don't lose games in embarrassing fashion back-to-back traditionally. So whether they win or not, I'm expecting a bit of a bounce back here. I think Derrick Henry's going to run all over the Seahawks, um, expecting A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones to get something going as well. So the question will be sort of who is leading at the end of the game, as it is always with any game. But because (laughs) this will be a shootout, I think, back and forth, and neither team will really stop the other on offense— um, you know who's going to be who's going to be up at the end, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in on on the Titans here on this one. So I'll say Titans 30, Seahawks 27 in a bounce back performance from Tannehill and and uh, and his team. Let's go to our next game. We got the Chiefs versus the Ravens. Yeah, so Mahomes has never lost to Lamar. They played the last three years, and he's won every single time. Ravens are coming off a short week where they blew a game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they were banged up going into that game, and it got worse. And you're playing the Chiefs, who are an absolute offensive juggernaut. It's just a tough matchup at, at this point. Um, the Ravens, I think they're slightly overrated. And their offensive line, it's an actual problem. Uh, particularly against the, team, like the Chiefs, that's going to blitz nonstop. I mean, we saw Max Crosby, uh, Carl Nassib, Nagakwe get tons of pressure on Lamar last night. He can only do so much as a runner um, before he shot puts the ball, a little dart into the ground like he did it several times last game. But... Yeah, it's not. It's gonna be a blowout, I think. Uh, honestly, forty-one, twenty-four, Chiefs. Uh, I have an equally lopsided score, thirty-four to twenty, and uh, I think the Ravens are just beat up, man. They, they, they've got a, a couple key injuries that uh, showed up a little bit um, in their game against the Raiders, and, and they just didn't look that great. Uh, so I don't know if they have the the horses to stop the firepower of the Chiefs, or at least the horses on offense to keep pace with them. Um, the defense has just got to start showing up and, and playing at an elite level to, to keep it close because um, right now they're, they're hurting a little bit and, and, and they, need, uh, they need help on both sides of the ball and to, to not make some silly mistakes. Lamar Jackson's got to hold onto the ball and uh, make sure he doesn't turn the ball over and, and protect it because if you turn the ball over against the Chiefs, it's going to get ugly pretty fast. Yep, as the Browns learned. So uh, I will also go with the Chiefs in this one, probably the easiest pick of the week for me. 
Ravens look kind of bad, man. Like, they didn't look great. The Raiders, in my opinion, didn't play super well, and uh, they still ended up winning that game. So, you know, you take away that that one uh, breakout run by Tyson Williams, and I don't even, I don't know. It's even worse. So, we'll see. Lamar looked pretty inconsistent, um, and I'm, I'm with Casey. You know, this team, they've lost some key pieces, and it's going to be a tough early season for them. So, we'll see how they bounce back, but... Um, I don't think the Chiefs are, are the team for them to uh, bounce back against. So I'm going to go Chiefs 37, Ravens 24. And then we move on to the last game of the week. We have the Cowboys versus the Chargers. Yeah, this is going to be, I think, the most exciting game of the week, at least in terms of offense. Uh, might be one of the highest scoring games of the year. Uh, but I think the Cowboys are going to pull this one out 38-37. Doc looks phenomenal against the Bucks, And the Bucks defense is better than the Chargers. And I just said the Chargers defense was good. Not Bucks level good. Um, and they haven't missed a beat on offense, the Cowboys, uh, since the beginning of last year when uh, Deke was still, Dak was still playing. Excuse me. Uh, even Buffet boy Zeke looks like he did last year, a part-time player. So he's going to get his 40 yards, and they're going to have Dak carry this offense. Uh, it's a home game, quote-unquote, for the Chargers, but it'll be all Cowboy fans. Uh, Herbert's a freaking stud, and the Cowboys secondary is terrible uh, whoever has the ball last will win and you know it went one way for the cowboys last week where they didn't have the ball at the end i think they will this time and win a last second field goal i also have the cowboys winning 27 to 24 um it might be wild to say but i was actually kind of impressed the cowboys gave up 31 points to the bucks like they they look a little bit more improved despite the end box score uh micah parsons was was flying around the the defense looked overall better than it did last year and if they can just be serviceable and not lose the cowboys games uh that's going to be a huge help for them especially if they're clicking on offense like they they have been um so optimistic for the cowboys overall this season um you know as long as everyone stays healthy and and um the offensive line doesn't fall apart which you know, it may be now Lael Collins out and Zach Martin uh, dealing with injury. So uh, as long as they cannot totally fall off the deep end there, I think the, the Cowboys will, will give a lot of people a, a run for their money and, and push to win the division and, and maybe even make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, man, as much as it pains me to say, this Cowboys team looked pretty good against the Bucks, and, and the Bucks are a team that I predicted to, to return to the Super Bowl this year. So that's any indication you know i think uh i think the cowboys could be in for a good season here unfortunately for me personally (laughs) but um against the chargers specifically you know the cowboys looked good last week the chargers looked pretty good but i don't i didn't see the same sort of uh offensive prowess that that we did out of the cowboys and dak prescott did look pretty damn good and that defense you know they played i was expecting really just a shit show on defense like i was thinking (laughs) tom brady would come in and, and tear them apart but as bad as that secondary has been pinned to be, as bad as, as that defense as a whole has, was last year, they played pretty well. Like, they held their own. I don't think any team is going to come in and just truly shut down the Bucks this season. Um, but the Cowboys, they, they had some stops when they needed to. They, I, I think it was Trayvon Diggs. He had a really, really key uh, breakup on one of those plays that was, like I think, an easy uh, pass to Gronk, I want to say. I forget who it was. It was somebody. But... Um, you know, they, they made some plays when they needed to, and the defense surprised me because I was expecting tons of mistakes. I was expecting surgical just ripping the Cowboys a new one, um, and, the, and the Bucks while they won, didn't necessarily do that. So I think the Cowboys 
are going to surprise some people, and uh, they. It's an, uh, I hate <laughs> saying that so much, it, with every fiber in my being. But I think the Cowboys could be in for a decent season here. So I'm going to say the Cowboys beat the Chargers in a relatively close one, 33 to 27. Um, so excited for that one. Excited for all of these. Really, it's going to be an exciting week in the NFL. That's going to do it for our coverage of our games of the week, of our winners and losers from week one. Thank you for sticking with us. We really appreciate your support. We're excited. The NFL season is early on, but as you've heard here today, we already got some hot takes brewing, so we'll have more for you next week. Before we head out, want to give the uh, my co-hosts a chance to plug some content that you should keep an eye out for. Casey, what do you got coming up for the listeners? Yeah, more in the Football 101 series. So working on fronts right now, if you want to sort of understand at a deeper level, especially if you're a, a scouting type person and, and want to understand like how guys fit in different fronts and how they may align and what that means, uh, you can check that out. I'm really seeing one of those every Monday. So uh, I have the, the Oki front and we're going to go to 4-3 under and 4-3 over and look at all this fun stuff that uh, you can learn about. And uh, you can, you can check that out at weeklyspiral.com. Nice. Yeah, make sure to check that out. Durgan, what about you, man? What do you got coming up? To quickly follow up on Casey's point, you see all those heavy covers you see on Madden, but you don't understand what's actually yeah. happening, but now you do. So I hi- highly suggest uh, checking all those out. They're very informational. I'm learning a lot reading them. So very good job on Casey's end. Uh, I have a scouting report. Uh, Chris Olave, Ohio State, who just lost, unfortunately. Um, but scouting report on him, which is already out. <laughs> Awesome. Excited for uh, that, too, even though it's already out. I, uh, I will go look at it now. So uh, this has been a Weekly Spotter production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you for sticking with us and tuning in. We are excited to uh, cover the NFL season with you guys and uh, looking forward to catching you next week for episode 109.